0: All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. Uh, I'm scrolling like you all are right now, just seeing if anything trickles out post-deadline. Obviously, it's uh, 5.02 Eastern time. Nothing's happened. We have David Robertson gone, Michael Givens gone. Um, Again, assuming something could very well happen in, I don't know, seconds, minutes. Uh, I'm assuming everyone has a whole lot of thoughts considering over the last what five months we've been talking about this day for a while, you know, talking about Wilson Contreras not uh, having any opportunities to negotiate an extension, all these things, um, and we find ourselves in a situation where not only him but Ian Happ are obviously still on the team right now. It could change, but I can't believe it. It is, uh, man. I, you know, I, I, I think where my head goes first is for as firm as rigid as i've described jed being over the last i don't know year and a half that he's been in charge um if he was as firm and rigid on the price for wilson contraris ian happ uh, potential others then i can't really fault him for that even though people could argue that we're not going to extend wilson anyways uh who knows what's going to go on with ian but I still think I still think in the end, if if you can find a way to keep Wilson here and you you know put the feelers out on the market and it wasn't good enough, then maybe something changes down the road. Maybe they can find you know common ground and want to start negotiating on a contract. Those things can obviously change uh, in these next couple months going into the offseason. Again, that's me speaking as a very optimistic person, but it very well could happen. And then even, Ian's obviously a little different story with him. Uh, having an op, or you know being under team control next year, uh, so yeah, I'm again just talking live, like you all are doing. Scrolling, it's a crazy time. Adam, are you? Am I seeing anything different? I'm not seeing anything right now. I can't believe I'm scrolling and not seeing anything. Not seeing anything. And so, just so everyone knows, we have probably a lot of new guests in here. We're gonna go through a few of the top headlines from today in the Cubs world. Fred's going to take you through his takes. There, we'll bring everybody in. Everyone adding in their own takes. Uh, do a little back and forth. Do you want to jump into the Cubs trades for today, or do you want to keep keep going on your spiel? No, let's go into the Cubs trades today. We'll start with David Robertson, considering that nothing, you know, is going down. I'm again just scrolling, not seeing anything. The David Robertson deal, you know, again, I know there are going to be people in here that are frustrated. The Cubs haven't made a move. Frustrated the Cubs have put Wilson Contreras through all of this. Frustrated that, you know, the team's bad. I understand it. I get it. If you're going to look at one positive today, look at the David Robertson uh, trade. A guy who had two rough years, actually didn't pitch in 2020. Was able to, you know, have a really solid year at 37 years old and finds himself going to a team uh, in Philadelphia. is trying to obviously make it into the playoffs. And they get a really excited ar- uh, exciting arm. Again, I'm not a prospect guy. I'm not trying to be Jim Callis or Keith Lawrence, anything like that. But from the people that I've talked to regarding Ben Brown, it seems like he's really, really solid. And he's been on an absolute tear for the last two months. He was just promoted last night to double A in the Phillies organization before this trade went down. You know, 95 plus with an absolute hammer. Uh, breaking ball. So, yeah, that, that's fantastic. And the reason why I bring that up is because we've talked about it in the past, and we'll talk about the F. thing here in a moment. But uh, the Cubs have done a really solid job developing uh, bullpen arms. They found a way to make the bullpen work over the last couple of years with Jed and Tommy Hottaby. And if you can find a way to, you know, turn over those guys, especially guys this late in their career at 37 years old with Robertson, it's a really, really solid deal to be able to get an exciting arm, a 22-year-old who uh, is absolutely on a tear and was about to be in double A. That, that's a really big thing. Um, Adam,
1: feel free to jump All right. in.
0: Fred. We, we won't know, obviously, I, we always say this, we don't know how the trade's going to pan out, but humor us each time we go through these, your initial feelings rating on those, one through 10 feelings for the Robertson trade, and then we'll jump to F Ross. I feel like we need to talk about that for us soon. For, for the Robertson trade? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how like Gut I don't know what people I don't know what people were expecting other than the fact that uh they were able to get a really solid arm. So I'm going to say like a 9, really really good. Ken Rosenthal says right now Cubs are not trading Contreras and Hap. Oh my Jesus Christ, unbelievable. Give me a second. Unfreaking believable. Yeah, did you see what Ken Rosenthal just tweeted? I just saw it. I just saw it. Unbelievable. I, yeah. Those men deserve so many <laughs> nights wow, at all. They deserve so much shit. They were put through hell. <laughs> I, I can imagine how awkward that was. So, unbelievable. Unbelievable. so does Ian give that ball back? Unbelievable. to Unbelievable. I'm going to text him right now. Unbelievable. <laughs> Bring <laughs> unbelievable. Ian in. Unbelievable! Yeah, let's get Ian on. Live from the He's field. He's about to play a game. This is yeah, more important.
2: Focus on a game. <laughs> I know.
0: Fred's gonna kill me. Oh my god, Fred's gonna kill me. Of course. Of course. No words. Um, yeah. No, literally no words. My phone froze. Unbelievable, dude. My phone froze. It cut out. Unbelievable. This happens every single time. Anyways, whatever. My Photoshop's down. I'm trying to make a Willy shirt. <laughs> everything, everything is bugging out right now. I know this is crazy. Um, all right, immediate, immediate thoughts. I'm going to try to scroll, tweet, text, and talk to you all at the same time. Immediate thoughts for as much as, um, I've been critical with what Jed has done as much as I have been outspoken about what's going on, you know, with the organization, lack of negotiations, lack of, uh, Obviously, extension offers. I'm going to say, hey, if the Cubs didn't think that they were going to get a solid return for Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras, then that's what it's going to be. And for the amount of time that we've seen Jed, Tom, Carter talk about, hey, we want to compete, we want to compete. Does this mean these guys are on the team next season? I don't know, but... For what it is, they said it was not worth trading those guys and their value to the team, at least at this moment. I mean, their Chicago Cubs uh, is more valuable than them actually being traded away for whatever the return was. Again, I understand the the whole deal about the qualifying offer with Wilson. I I get it. I, I understand the history that's been going on over the past year with Wilson and the lack of negotiations. We've talked about it. All I'm going to say is, and I know people are going to have very strong thoughts, if Jed thought that he was not getting a fair return, then I totally understand, and the optimistic side of me is going to say maybe this changes for what the Cubs want to do moving forward. Maybe they all along were kind of staying true to being like, yeah, we actually do want to compete in 2023, and we want to see what we can do moving forward. Like, this is the stuff we've been talking about for a while. Um, Those those are my – Initial thoughts as I'm scrolling, looking at DMs, texting, uh, tweeting all at the same time. Unbelievable day. I I don't know if we jump into the other trades now. Do you want to unpack the um, the fact that they didn't they didn't trade these guys? I I don't know how to unpack it other than the fact that uh, again I don't. I, I don't know how to un, unpack it other than un, until we really hear from Jed in terms of what went down this trade deadline. Like if he comes out and, and he specifically says to everybody, yeah, it just wasn't worth our time trading these guys away. We value them, them more than what we are going to return. Then, you know, I, I agree with that. I support that. I, I understand that. Um, I guess it's, it, it's, it's, it would be naive for me to say that the, this automatically makes them Cubs in the future or makes them, cubs uh immediately next year but that those are my immediate initial thoughts does this add any confidence for you in jed about his confidence in himself that in fact he was demanding so much and didn't get it and he didn't waver and and fold at the end yeah i think it's a good question again i've described jed for many people that i've talked to being as rigid as it can be and i know kind of putting context to what happened yesterday with f I know that rattled a lot of guys on the team yesterday. That was like, listen, I, I understand the trade. I get it. I, I was tweeting about it yesterday. It being a, uh, obviously kind of shocking trade considering how many years of, uh, control he had, uh, with the Cubs, uh, his value, all these different types of things. But I know guys on the team were rattled to the point where people that we would think were like off limits of being traded. Very well. We're like wondering if they were going to be the next guy, and that this was literally going to be a full-on teardown. Um, so, to that point, though, if again, I, I think Jed, if we're just looking at the entirety of it, was looking at this by from a case-by-case basis. He saw that Efros was going to get a you know starter in return that could slot, but uh, optimistically, slot into the rotation next year. Uh, who has upside? All right, you make the move. I understand it. I get it. Um, but if he was looking at it from a case by case basis, yeah, I mean, I, I've never written Jed off. I've just been critical to the fact that we were we were expected to compete this year, and I wanted to I wanted Wilson Contreras to at least speak his you know point on why he should stay a cover, at least be able to negotiate uh, his you know con- a potential contract with the team moving forward. So I don't know if it like. If it increases my um, optimism in Jed, but it definitely is promising in the sense that he didn't just trade these guys away for um, a product that didn't meet the production that the Cubs were getting already uh, with Wilson and Ian. Wilson is the definition of not leaving. He was the bear in the bleachers that yeah i just time. i just absolutely cannot believe that he's i mean the fact that that guy has had to go go through all these different you know <laughs> ring of roles in this circus that's been surrounding him for so long i mean he's been you know we've tweeted about wilson's last time as a cub and wilson said it himself think about what wilson said a couple days ago he literally said this team isn't built to win as if he was literally walking out the door you know, giving his last manifesto to all the Cubs fans. Like he said it like 10 times already being like, yeah, I love the team. I love these guys. It's a business, yada, yada, yada. And now he's got to go back and play for the team the next two months. It's crazy. Uh, And don't 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 forget. Don't forget Stroman was saying
3: goodbye after his last start that it was going to be such a big loss. Yeah.
0: I mean, Ian went on radio today and was like, yeah, it's like a really lonely place. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, all these all these things. I, I again I can't believe it. I would say, you know, for some probably for those two guys, um, they're potentially relieved. They might feel like there's, you know, some uh I don't know, some hope that they could stay around in the future. Who knows? I I don't see how the trade market would really um heat up over the off season. Unless something really changed, like this is the prime time, this is when deals always get done. And again, I I feel like I've said it five times already. If Jed felt like the you know the returns was not up to par, then he wasn't going to make the move, and obviously he did that. So I can't I can't blame him for that. All right, you want to open up clubhouse to talk about the uh, talk on Willie and Hap, or you want to go through the trades? No, traditions. let's talk with Boy and Half. I want yeah, that. That they're the prime. They're the prime topic right now. Bring, all right, bring I one of our this, guys in. Yeah, I gotta add. I gotta add one guy in first. Who's okay? Who's always been there first? Yep. Big Oz, how are you feeling? Big man,
4: I am not pissed. I'm. I'm. I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty happy. You know that that
5: Efros trade at first caught me off guard, but yeah. after seeing who we got, it was I understood it. Anytime you can trade a reliever for a starter, you got to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I listen, I understand it. I, I, I still think there's a lot of value with what F brought. Um, I, again, now it kind of changes things when you technically will have Ian hat for next year. And now Wilson is still, you know, on your team and, you know, you have a better chance of negotiating with him now that he's not, you know, around. But I think everyone would agree yesterday when that happened, we we're like, all right, this is going to be a true. This very well could be a true teardown, maybe not to the extent of last year, but like it could be like a whole lot of guys leaving. And, you know, kind of like we were a year ago, we're, we're kind of peaking, picking up the pieces, seeing what we have left to. Uh, you know, put a team together for the final two months and then going into the next
6: season. I was getting ready for the sell-off after Efros yesterday. I thought thought it was all hell break loose. Anyone and everyone is available.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It's it's something – it's really something that it went down like this. And, man, I bet you Jed himself is just kind of – I don't want to say shaking his head in disbelief or disgust, but he's got to be, like, looking around – and just waiting or just thinking about how he's going to explain himself in the future, which is, I think the, I I wish we could have a press conference right now to hear what Jed wants to say. Hopefully we get it tomorrow or uh, over the course of the week, but man, it's, 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 it's a very uh, big turn of events when, when thinking about what, what was going on over the last couple months. Thanks big hot. I'm going to be, bringing you guys all in one by one just so you know i'm bringing you back down twitter spaces jumbles you around so i'm not sure who's gonna get on first i'll try to keep track but next up we got mikey mikey how's it going
4: yeah hi guys thanks for hosting this just wanted to say first and foremost expect a big night from willie tonight now pressure's off gonna be at the plate batting second expect huge things
0: yeah for sure yeah for sure i mean he's Listen, he's, a, he's one of the most emotional players there there are that we have in Major League Baseball. And, yeah, I can imagine that there's got to be some stress uh, off his shoulders and for Ian as well, just being able to now play free. And, again, I guess they're – I don't know what they're really playing for other than playing for the Cubs and their careers. But, like, it's not like you were playing for the rest of the 29 teams that were looking to acquire you for sure.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you're Ian Happ, especially, I mean, you're not entering free agency after this season. What do you look at this next half of this season and then at least the next half of next season? Do you play? I mean, obviously, you're proud to be a Cub. Ian has obviously always been proud to be a Cub, more yeah. so than many others. Uh, if you're him, he's got to be in a weird position right now. He's got to be like, holy
0: cow, this is a second chance maybe. Absolutely. I mean, again, I think Ian was – Let's think back a year ago when everyone was ragging on Ian Happ for having, you know, a really admittable bad start to the season. Uh, And then he obviously finished off really strong. We weren't even talking about Ian being a prospect of being traded. And then he comes out, starts strong, and continues to play well. And this whole trade thing just kind of sprung up on him. And I think I'm not saying everyone was shooting from the rooftops, uh, shouting from the rooftops to say Ian Happ should be, you know, the guy that gets extended. But I I think in Ian's mind, not speaking for him, but, you know, I I think everyone would say, yeah, it's kind of reasonable to bring him back and, you know, keep him here for the next team. He's versatile, he can do different things and he shouldn't cost too much. So, yeah, I I can imagine the trade talks, you know, jumping down his throat and kind of bull rushing him would be something. And uh, hopefully these two guys can get the weight off their shoulder and have a really solid uh, final two months and kind of, you know, carry a team that has some solid pieces right now into the off season. And who knows what's going on, but man, we're in a much different situation than I thought we'd be in, you know, at the start of the day, uh, very, I, I really thought that both guys were going to be gone and we find ourselves watching Nico and Christopher morale for the rest of the season and just kind of wondering, you know, where the Cubs are really going moving forward.
4: No offense to Frank Swindell or, or Patrick wisdom. Yeah. Maybe they could reshoot the, uh, Ian Hep and Contreras in the Field of Dreams commercial now instead.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, I, <laughs> that's that a great, be an great. Absolute debacle. That was I mean, be an yeah, that commercial debacle. was
4: so corny. I mean, pun intended, obviously. Uh, yeah. um, that commercial stunk, to be completely honest with you. They need yeah. to redo it and get get Wilson involved there he could at least bring some some morale into that one and thanks guys you know
0: what no no offense to Frank or uh Pat but yeah it's just hard to
4: they're just awkward guys even when I'm pardoning my take and stuff they're they're just not it's, don't have a it's to just hard to
0: sell that it's hard to sell the two you know career minor leaguers for, for that <laughs> it's, I love those guys everyone knows that but it's just hard it's really hard to do that absolutely yeah. thanks guys anyways thanks again Thanks, Mikey. I feel like one of the, the points that comes to mind about Willie coming in and, you know, having the weight off his shoulders, I feel like those guys, amongst, also going to the emotional ringer of getting traded, but they were also gearing up to maybe play on a contending team and getting ready to play in the playoffs, too, mentally. So, oh, yeah, like yeah. you said, like where do they go from here, though? They're back in the cup. <laughs> they were pretty much well, off the cup. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot, and especially for Ross, and I don't want to – I don't want to talk down to what he's done, but he's now going to the arguably the best team in baseball and it's got to feel really different. Obviously, you know, I I know for sure he was not prepared to be traded. He didn't think he was going to be traded and for him to go and now be thrust into a situation where he hasn't developed any goodwill with the fans or the organization. He's kind of looked at a, you know, a mercenary to come in and, and get out. it's gotta be really hard. And, and you aren't the guy anymore, right? You're just like a piece to this you know, juggernaut that the Yankees are trying to win a World Series, uh, which can be kind of hard. It can take some pressure off, but at the same time, you were traded here for a reason to get out. Um, I, I think for, for Wilson and Ian, again, Wilson's a little bit different because he's going to be a free agent, but at least they can play and have some feeling that they can actually – stay around potentially in the future again i know people are going to shake their head and say that you know what i'm saying is ridiculous because the cubs don't want wilson there and i've said it myself but again if, if you were holding wilson you know to a specific value amount on what you were going to get in return you couldn't get that then then you're kind of looking around and saying all right well this really should be our guy if we're if, if we can't get anything for him and if we think we're just going to put a qualifying out there to not ex- qualifying offer on him to not extend him and, and decrease his value in free agency. I don't see the Cubs doing that. So maybe he does stick around. Again, I think there's a lot of questions to be answered. Obviously, with all these things, there always are. Um, and it, it could help them in the long term. And and again, as I've been saying, you know, take some weight off their shoulders for what's been happening. Cap just tweeted, we need to bring him in. He just tweeted not not leaving, the not leaving Jeff. All right, we're gonna bring in Danny next, and then Tommy. Danny, how's it going?
7: What's up, guys? How's it going? Thank you for letting me on here.
0: Yeah, you got it.
7: Uh, I'm pretty. Sure, I mean, honestly, for me, the whole trade deadline thing was just you last year. You tore, you, like you said, you guys keep saying, you tore down Javi Bryant, Brizzo. I get it, and then it's like, okay, well, if we're gonna build back up, trading a 27 year old versatile All Star outfielder doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that didn't make any sense, and then Contreras is the leader of the team. He's 30, but, I mean, now with the DH, he can last longer than he would have without the DH. So <clears throat> it's like keeping these guys around to be leaders and you're building pieces for Pete Strong in the future and then any sort of other guys that you get just seems like a logical thing to do. It doesn't, didn't, it, To me, it really didn't make any sense to, to trade either and Contreras because then having to watch basically Nico Horner and Christopher Morrell, like you said, Dom, yeah. really wouldn't make any sense. I mean, it, that's kind of hard to sell at that point.
0: No, you're, you're totally right. Um, listen, eventually you need to put skin in the game if you want to win. You need you need to take on some risk. You need to put some skin in the game. Yeah. You need to put your foot down and say, this is what we're actually going to do. We're actually going to build something forward. If we get hurt, we get hurt, but at least we're trying, right? And then yeah. I go back. If we learned, I've said this so many times, if we learn anything, anything from the seven years of the golden era, whatever you want to call it, the core four, you should know absolutely over the course of that time, you're going to need a whole lot of players to win. It can't just be our young guys coming up and we're going to expect all of them to, you know, play their best at the same time. Yeah. Every single hole and do every job and make the right play and provide leadership and go through like, you can't expect that. And I I understand you sign veterans to do that and you bring those guys in, but when you bring those new guys in, they have new pressure. They have to get acclimated. They're not, you know, uh, adjusted to Wrigleyville and all the things that go with playing for the goddamn Chicago Cubs. So I think you need some type of veteran presence that have been here that actually know what's going on. Again, uh, I don't want to say Starling Castro was the best leader, but at least he was a guy that had been here in the past and understood it. Yeah. Even though we gave him away, like you start to you start to think about those things that actually make a difference. And those guys obviously provide a lot of value for what they do. They're two all stars. It makes sense considering Jed, Tom, everyone said they want to compete in the first place. So I understand, um, you know, one Jed holding his, uh, you know, uh, holding his ground and making sure that he wasn't going to get fleeced on a deal for guys that could help them in the future. Right, and I was
7: actually super thrilled that they didn't just cave in and just deal him away for some unknown prospects. Like I'm happy that Jed held his ground and was like, "No, if it's not what I want, I'm not going to give him up," because I felt like last year it kind of seemed like we caved a little bit on some of the deals because they didn't look good at first you know what i mean
0: no i i get it i i think i like i i would say personally that you, you never really know in the end you know it, right. it, it takes yeah. five years to play out i i as i've gotten older i i tried to be less reactionary with it and say if it's good or bad and yeah but i understand what you're saying
7: and and the the Scott Efros trade. I mean, I don't think we. I didn't expect us to feel that he calls on Scott Efros. But if the Yankees are going to offer their number seven prospect, and he's a you know a big throwing pitchers in Triple A almost MLB I ready.
0: It. Yeah, I get it. I get both sides of it. I, I get both sides of it. I, again, I I think, um, I think there's a very good point to be made that actual major league production should not should always trump. You know, minor league speculation. Not saying that minor leaguers can't come out and you know produce, and there isn't you know a correlation between minor league numbers and major league numbers. But um, I yeah, I I totally get what you're saying. It wasn't a bad trade, and if like we talked about, if Jed saw an opportunity and uh, had a deal that he couldn't say no on, he was going to make the move. And clearly, that wasn't the case for Ian or Wilson.
7: Right. And just the keeping those guys around. And now I feel like you have you have to talk about some sort of extensions for both of them because you to. can't you can't just put them through this whole mentally draining thing of the trade line and wilson and ian coming out day after day saying we love chicago we don't you know we want to be here for a life
0: we want to be here for a career we want to finish our career here and you got it at you least know, in the offseason you talk absolutely about it. have to because i think there's been good points uh, brought up over the last couple hours saying if wilson doesn't get traded then you give him the qualifying offer He doesn't want to take the qualifying offer. And if he doesn't take the qualifying offer, then the compensation pick gets attached with him for whatever team wants to sign him. And as a guy who's been with the organization for the last 13 years, that would be acting in some sort of bad faith, which I understand. Yeah, I I totally agree. At this point in time, if the Cubs are going to uh, be serious about contending and they're going to be serious about, they're serious about the, the production they're bringing in and giving away from the organization, then, yes, this is like the perfect time to talk extensions. I'm yes. hitting up Ian Happ right now saying, what's it going to take? I'm, I'm hitting w- up Wilson's team for the first goddamn time in the last year to figure out what's it going to take. We went through this whole rigmarole. We went through the whole circus, and let's figure out how to do this. And let's figure out, for everyone that's talking, again, I, I like for all the people that are so prospect-heavy, and I respect you guys. I respect all the people that grind with the prospects. You obviously feel pretty good about what the Cubs have. You feel good about Brandon Davis. You obviously feel good about PCA. Everyone's talking about Christian Hernandez, Kevin Alcott. Like, if those are the guys, then hell, like, those guys will be here, and let's start to build something for when those guys come. Instead of those guys come, and then we'll build it all and hope it works. Um, I guess it's obviously two different frames of thought, but I would definitely be – well, obviously, I'd be very supportive of trying to – talk to wilson or ian to figure out what a price is and how they can at least try to negotiate on some type of contract
7: honestly yeah that's because i feel like when chris bryant and javi Baez got here we had like a like rizzo we had starling castro kind of do the dirty work and build that foundation and then you add on to it and chris becomes an addition not the whole thing yeah so no, that's for sure that's something i really that's a point i really can get on board with with building a foundation, and then PCA and those guys becoming additions, not the foundation will build up from them because that's really risky and that's not a risk. I don't think anyone should be willing to take. You should have a foundation built before those kind of guys get here.
0: I get it. I get it. Danny, I want to move to the next people. We got a lot of people are requesting, but thanks again for sharing your thoughts. I appreciate it.
7: Thank you for letting me on, Dom. I appreciate got you. it.
3: Thanks, Dave.
0: Tommy, next in. How's it going?
3: Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, long-time fan, first-time uh call or all you want to say um, uh, of uh, the Dom of you, of the Cubs. Um, uh, and uh, I, I'll keep this short. Uh, I'm extremely happy. I've seen some people like Carl saying that they're unhappy with this whole move and not trading these guys. I couldn't feel any differently. I feel great. You are hundred percent correct. You have to extend <laughs> these guys at this point. I'll be interested to see if how much leverage these get this gives Wilson because I mean, now it's one of those things where you have the Cubs kind of against the wall, and is that going to drive things up and make things less tenable? I don't know. But what yeah. I do know is
0: this feels good. No, I agree. I I think it. I don't want to say it decreases Wilson's uh, uh, you know, um, marketability for the rest of the teams. Uh, because they weren't able to get something done, or maybe maybe the market wasn't as hot for Wilson Contreras. Obviously, you know we've talked about Jed with what they're holding out for. I I, I understand if fans are pissed. I, I understand if fans feel mad on a personal level because they didn't want to see their favorite players dangled out there and treated. You know, I don't want to say disrespectfully, but like in a way where they didn't feel wanted and they had to answer all these questions for the whole. Uh, you know, two months. Like, I, I understand that, but again, I I, I have to be honest here, I, I would feel worse if Jed just sold these guys for selling these guys, because we've seen plenty of times in the course of Major League Baseball history where they try to do these things, they they go out, and they, they rebuild, and they sell off, and you know, they, they get, you know, prospects, and they don't end up working out, and then you see like a, again, not saying Wilson Contreras or Ian Happ is Miguel Cabrera, but like that Miguel Cabrera deal back then was supposed to be the biggest thing ever. And it totally, uh, you know, screwed up um, the, the Marlins for a while and they weren't able to get anyone back. And then they didn't really produce on top of uh, the guys they got in return. So it, it was, it's, it's good to see that he held his ground. It's good to see that that rigid kind of uh, stuck in his way mentality for Jed held true here. And if he held the price high, then he held the price high. We were talking about it the whole entire time, and that's how it played out.
3: All I know is that at the beginning of this day, I would have been happy if you told me that we kept Hap around, because I know you know. Obviously, Hap has been a company man, someone who wants to be around. You know, who was uh, obviously Contreras too. But Hap, Hap is another year along with uh, this one. Having both of them still around feels amazing. I'm gonna peace out. Thank you guys so Thanks, much.
0: Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, it's huge. You have something for the t- – again, I, I'm always going to hold the Cubs to the expectation that they should at least be somewhat competitive, at least be somewhat competitive. And you're more competitive right now in the moment with Wilson Contreras and Ian and going into 2023 than you were without them. It, regardless of what you were going to get, you were going to be more competitive for next year. We already know what's coming in 2024 and 2025. If you're so confident about these players, then they will be here then they will be here. I Eventually, you need to put skin in the game. You need to put your foot down. You need to hold true to some type of winning um, and some type of competitive standard. And if this is the first side of that, then this is the first side of that. I don't want to speak out of turn because that could change the winter. Obviously, Wilson cannot be added back, but uh, at least right now in this moment, that's kind of how it looks. All right, next we got Brett.
8: Dom, how you doing? First What's time, up, long Brad? time. I'm a speaker too, but uh, I just gotta say, I am, I am so happy right now. Just first and foremost, I'm so happy that we're keeping my boys. Okay, we're, The work is still there. Okay, we still got work to do because now there is absolutely nothing you can do except extend Contreras. I mean, how can you, how can you just give him a qualifying offer and just take a second round compensation pick? I mean, there's gotta. There had to have been better offers on the table than that. So I would imagine the plan now is to extend.
0: Yeah, I agree. There had to have been better offers on the table. Again, second round picks flop all the time. Um, it, uh, again, I know you can get a good player uh, with that pick, but at the same time, you're at least talking to him. You have to at least talk to him. I I feel like that's kind of been the thing I've heard, and I've been consistent on this. There's been no contract uh negotiations. There's been no talks of trying to get a deal done. I've also heard of late the relationship between Wilson and the team is still friendly. It's not like totally closed off. It was just there was no talk about wanting to keep him around. Again, Wilson said it himself, it's a business, it's a business. He understands it. He wish he could be here. I'm hoping that changes and that some that sense of like warmness or at least appreciation for both sides can garner some type of conversation moving forward for an extension they have to at least talk about it like uh, at i least, completely at agree least talk about it.
8: i completely agree and i don't feel like we're out of the woods yet with uh Ian hap because he's still got he's still got another year right I'm yeah got
0: another year and he's getting better he's getting better. He's, better he's been a solid player i know people are gonna say i'm biased but he's been a solid player he's getting better he's getting better on defense he wants to be here he's totally you know like put two feet into this community he understands what chicago's all about he understands what the fans are all about and again i tweeted today i I would argue that he's probably done the best job of that for all the recent cubs he's been one guy that's really gone out of his way and talked to a whole bunch of fans and tried to hear their perspective and worked with different small businesses and charities which again at the end of the day doesn't really affect wins and losses We can debate that till the cows come home. But at least he's shown he wants to be here and he wants to be a part of what the Cubs can be moving forward. He cares. He just doesn't look at it uh, from like a team like this team sucks, so I want to get out of here. No, he really cares for what the Cubs are, what the Cubs can be. He saw what the Cubs can be dating back 2016 when he was in the minor league. So, yeah, I think that has a lot of value. And as we've talked about, he can help bridge the gap and help lead this next young group that everyone's excited about to make that next great Cubs team, quote-unquote.
8: I would, I agree with you. You know, uh, I just feel like we've still got all winter to go and the next trade deadline, and his value is only going to go up. Uh, so I don't feel like we're out of the woods. He's a guy that's easy to root for, so I'd love to hang on to him. Um, last well. thing, and then I'll, I'll get out of here. But I just feel like this was such a big deadline for Jed. I'm so yeah. happy that he has put his foot down and told the league that nobody is going to walk over him. He is not a doormat. And anything in the future, he is going to be respected. And what he says goes with other GMs. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a really
0: good point. I think what we've seen over the course of, especially over the last 20 years in Major League Baseball, is that these small market teams get absolutely taken advantage of and walked over. And their best players get poached because they you know, either don't want to pay him or can't pay him, whatever the deal is uh and Jed was saying no that, that that's not us we're not going to do that again like i'm not i'm not going to say that wilson contreras is going to automatically be here next year i'm not going to say that's the case but at least he stood firm and stood strong to not sell for a inferior um return i think it should have been an all or nothing thing if they if they didn't trade him he's just here now Wilson Contreras is here. Yeah, us. I I get it. No, I get it. I I hope that's the case. I've been saying it for that. You're listen. The guy you can talk to so many players on the roster. The guy means a lot to the team. He means a lot to the pitchers. I know we always rip on the St. Louis Cardinals and their fans for you know propping Yadi up. I'm not saying Wilson Contreras is a first ballot Hall of Famer like those idiots do. But at least I understand the importance that he's had on the organization and on the pitchers and developing the pitching staff. And with the DH now, it kind of stretches out his ability to stay on the field and, and keeps him off his feet as uh, behind the plate as much. Uh, so I, I can appreciate that. And it, it again, this, this definitely looks more pro- promising than it did uh weeks ago months ago however you want to frame it it looks more promise promising for wilson to be a cub in the future and if nothing else like brett said from a poker standpoint you can jed can maybe bluff a, a little bit next year and try to get a little bit more out of a out of a trade uh well brett, he, I, for coming I, on adam i'll push back on that i i felt like this was the last trade deadline i really did i like yeah I know, I know, I know. The Cubs probably aren't going to be competing for a World Series next year. I understand that. I hope we're more competitive than we were this year. I expect the Cubs to be more competitive than we were this year, considering they said this is not a rebuild. I've stood and I, I, I've, I've been talking about it a lot. Twenty twenty-four, if the Cubs are not competing for a playoff spot, then I have, then I have an issue with Jet because that would mean three years of being uncompetitive three years of kind of throwing it away three years of, you know, not putting your foot down and really trying to get this team over the top. It it can't go four years. It can't go into 2024. 2024 is when you are rearing and absolutely running full speed to try to get this team back into October. I hope it's next year. It's not necessarily my expectation, but 2024 is the time. I mean, that's two years away. That's Brennan Davis. Brennan Davis, you know, was hopefully going to be up this year two years away from that, like that, that's the time for it really to go. And I, I can't imagine the Cubs selling off next year, considering they're going into that 2024. Again, I'm not going to say it's like a deadline for the team, but I think a lot of Cubs fans expect that really to be the time when we start to get off the ground again and start moving. All right. bringing in Maddie now. Thanks for coming on, Brett.
1: Hey, Dom. Thank you so much for letting me on. I appreciate got it. it. What's up, Maddie? Yeah. uh, So, you know, I I think a lot of people agree, you know, I've heard a lot of the same things even in in the space you've created today, that this feels pretty hopeful, uh, considering, you know, where we were last year and how dejected everybody was, including myself. Um, so it really, you know, it, kind of seems like Jed's finally taking both feet out of, out of both ends, you know, where one foot was in rebuild, even though they didn't want to call it that. And then the other foot was in, you know, we want to be competitive. Uh, you know, there was a promise that that was made at the end of last season saying that we were going to be competitive. So, you know, this finally feels like, uh, it, it, those moves, you know, givens, um, even starting with, um, Mark, Chris Martin on Saturday, it feels like moves that are really kind of propping the team up for success. And I'm hoping, you know, even though, as as you said, the whole, he, who shall not be named in in St. Louis as their backstop, you know, um, I think every winning team or every winning culture needs that kind of guy. And, and I'm really hoping that you know, from whenever it is end of the season, if, if they doesn't accept the qualifying offer that, you know, they can salvage this and possibly resign Wilson and Ian and, and get a really good core going. So, you for know, sure. I've always, yeah, I, I, and, I've always thought that Wilson was the guy that you could build around. And so, you know, that's, I'm, I'm just hoping it goes that way.
0: And let's think about this back to 2015, right? You know, you have Anthony Rizzo who had been here for a couple of years, but he's still a young player and you brought in a transcendent free agent and a transcendent person in John Lester, who really like steered the ship moving forward. Obviously, you know, David Ross along with that, but like, and John Lackey, but you brought in some key veterans that really showed how this team was going to win, gave this team an identity, gave this team some type of pride. I think every fan can speak to that back then getting uh, John Lester like was incredibly prideful to be able to see that and watch him pitch opening day in 2015. Like, I don't know if the Cubs are necessarily going to find that in the future. I think the the new athlete, even though it was, you know, not even 10 years ago, I think the the current athlete is a little bit different than that. They're more like about their brand. They're more about uh, individual motives. Where John Lester was like fully like, I'm a team guy. I want to win. I want to shove it down your throat. I want to build something here. I'm all for it. I don't like again. I'm not putting it past the Cubs to do that. But the same thing with Rizzo, like an all-time leader, an all-time clubhouse guy. I I think it's it's hard to say that the Cubs would find that if they were to go sell off Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. I think it's really hard to say that they would find that same thing on the team moving forward whenever they were going to go out and win. So, again, just to put a little bit of context there, leadership matters. um, Clubhouse guys matters. uh, Culture matters. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all thing. I know it's kind of a meatball thing to say, an old-school thing to say, but it really does matter, and a lot of players talk about themselves. Just to think about what, you know, I mean, guys were saying yesterday, privately, that losing Scott Efros was a big deal. Because that mm-hmm. guy took the ball every single day. He busted his ass. He yep. worked his ass off for the organization. And everyone on that team saw that. And again, without understanding what was going to happen today, they were looking at it being like, if that guy's going to go, if that guy who's like takes the ball every single day and he's ar- arguably been our best pitcher this year is going to go and he has that much control left, then literally everyone could be on the table for a trade. And the fact that it didn't go this way and Jed, uh, you know, stayed strong to that. Um, it is promising, and I agree with what you're saying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and one last thing, and, and I'll get off here. But uh, I, I think there's, you know, I, I think the, the combination of, of raw emotion and talent that Wilson Contreras has, I don't think you can really put a price on that. I think that's, you know, if you're looking for a, a relatively youngish guy who can be that spark plug, who can really kind of ignite, uh, you know, good emotions out of a team to maybe rally in the eighth or something like that. You know, I, I feel I'm, we've seen it before, you know, he's, he's hit, you know, multiple homers in games and, and been that guy. So, you know, yep. um, I, I think it's totally, you know, the, I just, I'm, I'm hoping for the future. I'm, I'm glad Jed, you know, put his foot down as, as everybody else said and uh, you know, time will tell, we'll see where this gets us. And, uh, and Matt,
0: you should hope for the future. I mean, these are the Chicago Cubs. This is yep. one of the biggest, uh, biggest teams in major league baseball. Right. This is one of the highest, uh, you know, revenue generating teams in baseball like that should be the expectation i often feel like my expectations are too low i talk about simply being competitive in the nl central and then we see the brewers go out and sell Josh Hader yesterday <laughs> i mean a team that's in first place that has this young this young starting pitching staff that you know like they haven't set up for them the cubs aren't even trying to win right now now should be their time to go out and win right so yeah of course when you when you see what the cubs are competing against every single every single cubs fan should be like yes this is what this is what should be happening we should try to win i understand building for the future but there is again at the end of the day when you're the chicago cubs it's about wins and losses it's not about prospects it's just not we're not the rays we're not the athletics it's about wins and goddamn losses and i'll hold true to that till i stop being a cubs fan or till i die
1: awesome thanks time i appreciate it thanks matt thanks matt
0: i bring in aaron uh who's a handler of the Morale Supply Co. account. has got some breaking news about Jed.
2: Yeah, just a funny tweet, Dom. I think you'd appreciate it. Uh, Stephanie Epstein, she's a senior writer at Sports Illustrated. She tweeted, a quiet deadline for the Mets, who I'm told were a little gun-shy after trading top pr- prospect Pete Kerr Armstrong, a potential gold glover who has been raking in Class A for two months of Javi Baez plus Trevor Williams last year. So it sounds like Jed broke the Mets. And And he very well might've again, making any trades.
0: you know, and it's so funny. It's so funny during all this. When, when you're, when you're talking about like uh, Jed and and people are being critical of Jed and people want Jed to be a little bit more honest with what's going on. They can forget that at the same time, we can be honest that Jed really did a great trade last year for Javi. Uh, I, I think everyone would agree. Like, was Javi worth that contract? Probably not. Was was Javi, would it be nice to have Javi be a Cub for life? Yes, but at the same time, we understood the the business part of it, and they made a really solid trade, and very well could have you know uh, pissed Steve Cohen off to the point where he's like, yeah, I don't want to do that again. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks,
2: bringing in rage, rage for you. I am so damn happy right now. I do not know how to really put it into words, but. Um, I guess with my thing is just thinking we've we've talked about how you know the John Lester signing was a huge deal, and although we did give Jason Hayward a ton of money, at least that speech worked out in in the in Game Seven. But what I'm kind of thinking here is if we are potentially going to be trying to contributing or not contributing, excuse me, competing, who who do we bring in in free agency? Like who are these big players that we're going to be going after that are going to help you know Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ? lead this next great Cubs team because you know I've I've seen I've seen people talk about bringing in Bogarts I don't want to bring in Bogarts because I I think Nico Horner is a gold glove maybe even platinum glove talent at this level at this point Um, I think he's 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 blown me away and had Antleton Simmons not uh, been injured to start the season who knows if we would have seen this from him this year yeah. But, you know, who who are we looking for? We have Brennan potentially coming up. You know, PCA is two years away, so you don't want to sign a center fielder. Uh, uh, you know, what, what are we looking for? First base, third base? Do we – do we where does Morrell stay? Does Morrell stay in the lineup, or is he a platoon guy in the future? Like, what are you guys feeling with this? Well, us? I
0: think the biggest I, – I think personally the biggest thing, it starts and ends with pitching. I'm not saying the Cubs are, you know, set offensively, but they've had an off average offense this year. I'm not saying that's going to win, you know, a championship. It starts and ends with pitching. Pitching is the hardest thing to figure out in terms of prospects. It's the hardest thing to develop. Um, I think again. I know. I'm assuming Rodon did not get traded today. So that means if he did, that means uh, he's probably going to opt out, um, and it would make a little. It would make it harder to sign because the qualifying offer. Um, but at the same time, like he would be a great guy to do it. I, you could list off a bunch of names if you're trying to bridge the gap, which I think the Cubs should do. It would make sense to go after guys on two, three year deals that can be impact players to help, you know, again, bring the new guys up. And at the end of the day, regardless if you're trying to, you know, win a division or a World Series, you're going to need a whole lot of starting pitching. You just do. I mean, think about all the stat, uh, all the starts we have given Samson this year and he's he's done pretty well with it. But you're going to need a whole lot of starters. Um, it's just how the game works now. They don't go far uh, and they're, you know. They don't eat all the innings that pitchers did 10 to 20 years ago. So it's a lot different. Uh, We could list off a bunch of names if we wanted to. The biggest thing is that at least Jed is trying to improve the team instead of subtract from the team. And again, I know he was talking about threading the needle. He's trying to be competitive, but also look to the future. That's hard to do. It's not, it's not easy to do that. And you have to be incredibly talented and you honestly need to get lucky when you have that type of strategy. So, I think at the end of the day here, Jed is is, I this is a pivotal moment to really figure out what is going to, what's going to happen to the team moving forward, and if very well the market and the rest of the teams could have told Jed like, hey, like if this is what it is, it's probably not worth trading, and obviously that's what happened.
2: Yeah, I you know looking at Jason Hayward's contract coming off the books after next year, you know. Time time to make a push and get some impact folks. So I appreciate it, Dom. For sure. God bless Thanks, the
0: man. Appreciate it. Actually Jed's coming on in at six thirty. I just saw a tweet for that. So that's gonna be must watch T V. Yeah, we'll be off by then. All right, slide the W you're
5: on next. Thanks, Rage. I think for me, what like six hours, like you said earlier, that he didn't bend. especially with the impending, you know, forty man, rule five draft, you know, eligible guys, like the list is a mile long with guys that are rule five eligible. So for him to just not take guys to get rid of Wilson or Hap or, you know, anybody else they wanted to get rid of, that means he's ready. In my eyes, he's ready. He knows what he's looking for and he's ready for the next step. So for me, yeah. that next step is the second half. We need to see Mervis. We need to see Canario. We need to see Killian. We need to see a lot of these younger guys the rest of the second half so that we know like what they have to go pick up. Cause if, if Mervis can come up and take over first base, as much as we love Frank, like, I'm sorry, that experiment died about three months ago. Like yeah, it's no time idea. to see what Mervis has. Like as much as they didn't trade Rafael Ortega, like he should stop getting starts in center field and leading off the game. Like somebody else needs that spot. Like there's there's guys that are ready to go that are on the forty man roster. Like Alexander Canario is on the forty man roster. There's not much more that dude can do in double A, triple A, or whatever. Like that dude's mashing the ball. Like put him in Chicago and like just see what happens. Like it's we're not we're twenty something games under five hundred. Like it's time to start seeing what these younger guys have. Like I'm done seeing the old guys that can't hit the ball. Like David Bodie your walk-off grand slam against the nationals will be a moment that goes down in Cubs history, but like I'm done seeing you strike out three times and they don't even look competitive anymore. Like I'm done.
0: I, you know, I think the biggest thing for Jed here, again, I'm not going to um, assume what's going to happen in the future. I, I think it it does make uh, more sense to obviously extend Wilson now and figure out to try to make him a cub and make Ian a cub. Um, But Jed very well could have gone through this trade deadline, you know, took all the offers and then just taken one and then just said, all right, well, they're young players. Like we go out and say, Hey, we got the fifth best prospect for this and that you can spin it any way you want to do it and say, Hey, if this guy isn't playing well in the minor leagues, well, look at all the tools he has and the really tools. guys will, you know, end up playing well in the major leagues in the future. Once they get their feet underneath them. Like it's very easy to sell, And for some fans, it's easy to sell that to fans saying, look at the talent. Look what they've done in the minor leagues. We're building something for the future. The farms, the farm systems being stocked. And Jed, again, to his credit, I've said it, you know, 10 times already. But he was like, no, I'm actually caring about what we are actually getting in return. And it's not going to be a flip of the coin to say, all right, I'll take your, you know, top five prospect or top 10 prospect and see what happens. Because we don't feel like uh, Wilson will actually be a Cub." Uh, again, we'll see. Very That could very well blow up in all our faces if the Cubs do give Wilson a qualifying offer and Wilson doesn't take it and he ends up leaving then we get left with the compensation pick. That could very well happen, but uh, I would say, again, my optimistic side of me is saying that this is uh, telling for what would happen in the future. I could very well be wrong, but I, I'm going to go with that right now.
5: I also think that the, the Padres-Soto deal, I think that I don't think he expected the Padres to land Soto. I think he was banking on Oh yeah no send, the Padres send Wilson and Hat to the Padres to bring back oh, Abrams yeah, and sure. other guys. I think I think once that Soto deal went through with the Padres, I think you saw yeah. you know like it was the Mets, but the Mets were never coming off Bientos or Alvarez or anything like that. The yeah. the Rays were discussing but they don't have anybody that's ready, that's close to major league ready in their system yeah. that they're willing. I think I think that's I think he truly thought Soto was going to be a Dodger and he was going to be able to capitalize on the on the Padres or
0: Cardinal yeah
5: I, I I'm glad he's a Padre I yeah. would prefer him like and thank god he's not a freaking St. Louis Cardinal cuz I would have vomited everywhere yeah but like I think he truly didn't I think he th- he was capitalizing on or hoping that the Padres were going to have to overpay for Ian yeah. happened Wilson Contreras because the Dodgers got Soto and the Padres got
0: Soto. That just kinda, they were tapped and they're they tapped out. They're tapped out now. I mean, yeah, they they, have- they, they can't keep doing like a f- for for someone who is in full full support of teams trying to go for it. Uh, and win now, and you know make you know make the best of the opportunity they have in front of them. They can't keep going on like this. They only have so many minor leaguers left to keep doing this. And honestly, credit to them. Like I, that's not what this space is about, but credit to them. Truly, going it's a for doubly it. and it's a
5: doubly good day for the Cubs because not only did they get rid of Josh Hader, they got rid of Harrison Bader from the NL Central, so we don't
0: got to see either one of those guys yeah, the rest of yeah, the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a good it's a good day to be a Cub. I know there there's some Cubs fans that are going to say the opposite and say this is a joke. We didn't trade these guys after you know dangling out them them out for soul. I mean, Wilson's been in trade talks for realistically the last three years. Like yeah. we've been talking about Wilson and Travers being traded for a long time, and the fact that we've gotten to this point is something, and hopefully something good can come from that. For sure. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. Thanks. All right, Fred. How long do you have? Uh, probably like, well, I definitely want to watch Jed's thing. So I, I would like to get a little break in between. I don't know, like 15 more minutes. 15. All right. We yeah. have plenty of people requests. We'll try to bring you guys all on. Yeah, as I as know. As goes. Dean's on next on. How's it going?
9: Yo, how's it going guys? So What's I'm, up, Dean? unfortunately I kind of count myself among those fans that are a little bit more pessimistic than all right, think let's some of the it. folks that have talked. I'll so. remove them. I'll but, remove them right now. no, 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 but, no, no no, 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 you're, no, you're no, no, no. You're gone. You're gone. No, stop. I'm totally happy to – no, no, no. So, like, to be clear here, those are my guys. Like, Ian and Wilson, obviously, those are all of our guys, right?
0: Yeah, I hear I you. I
9: think the reason why I'm a little bit nervous here, and I'd be happy to be convinced otherwise, is it is very clear, despite what all of us think, that the goal going into today was to trade the both of them, right? To find a deal yeah, that Yeah, for sure. So, it's very clear that Jed wanted them gone – and failed to move them for whatever the price that was being offered. So like none of us, and I want to be clear here, none of us are Jed Hoyer. So if like, if it comes out later, you know, the asking price wasn't right. If Jed comes out and talks at 630 and says, I didn't like the price. Well then that's fine. And we're just going to have to let that bear itself out over the course of the next, however many years. But I'm just, I'm a little bit concerned when the goal is to do something, when the direction of the team is to do something. And then at this hour, they're kind of forced to pivot. I'm nervous with, the disconnect that we already know that kind of exists between the front office and ownership, well, what the hell do they do next? So I think that's more my concern. So it's not about Ian and Wilson specifically. Like, again, those are my guys. I'm thrilled oh, that they're yeah, going to be for longer. But I'm scared, man. I'm scared that the direction of the team, th- this is just going to throw another wrench in the plan that Jed's already had to fight with ownership to even do in the first place. So I, I don't know. I'm just – I'm a little uh, bit more nervous, I, I think, than I get some
0: it. Dean, I think it more speaks to the leverage the Cubs had, And I, I, like, I I understand your point of uh, Jed wanting to trade those guys. I, like, listen, I think everyone here would say you sell high, you buy low. It's just simple economic. Like, we understand that. But at the same time, Jed looks at a team. And I I think, listen, Jed isn't totally stupid. If you want to talk about Tom Ricketts and his uh, goal for the team, That's something different. And I know people kind of want to combine the two. I sometimes do it myself. I do believe Jed of course has the common sense and understands that the Cubs should be good. He said it himself. This should not be a rebuild. The Cubs should try to win. And I think he does see the value in keeping those guys in trying to make them Cubs for the future Cubs with the next great team, as he wants to call it. And I think that's important. So I think that leverage was there and, I don't know if it necessarily speaks to a lack of a plan, but it definitely speaks to being able to um, make decisions on the fly. And I I have personally been critical of that to say, Jed, like, can you actually win when things are not going your way or when the table is not set up absolutely perfectly to win? Can you piece something together? Can you be creative? Can you figure out a way to put a competitive product on the field while also winning in the future? And if this pushes jed towards that direction or if jed was always thinking about that you know in the back of his head and wanted to leave these guys out there to see what he could get then i think that's fine i don't know if if you can look at it from such a binary standpoint and said it's either good or bad that's exactly why i'm not saying this means wilson chris is going to be a cub for the future but i think the leverage was still there to at least hold value in those players being cubs in the future and i i I personally would side with that more, but I do understand what you're saying.
9: Yeah, and I and I agree with you, Don. That's why I said coming in. Like I'm not unhappy with the guys staying. Like I'm thrilled they're here, but I'm very, I'm very, I guess maybe just generally pessimistic. Maybe it's that's the Ricketts' fault. I think you're right. Sometimes we do let lump in Jed with the Rickets, which is unfair to Jed. Um, yeah, <clears throat> so I guess no, we're just I gonna it. have to see how it plays out. So thanks again, Don.
0: Appreciate all. Thanks, you guys dude. It. If anyone's looking for a little tearjerker, Christopher Morrell seems like the sweetest guy. He just posted on his story just like a bunch of heart emojis and one-on-one photos with Ian Happ saying, A family forever, and this is your house to Wilson Contreras. What a just a nice guy. He is Christopher, Mr. Morrell. Yeah, he's the best, man. He's he's awesome. He's awesome. All right, we had... Uh, I'm so, you Rand know what? Bajama, I'm, I'm, Adam, I don't mean to cut awesome, you off. I'm... I am surprised and not to uh, not to go against what Dean was saying. Cause I know Dean was, you know, making the point here, but as I'm scrolling, watching uh, Twitter go on, just the fact that people are calling it a straight up failure. I don't know. I know Dean was kind of saying that I'm not trying to dunk on Dean or go against what he was saying, but I, I just don't see it that way. I, I think there's more to, I think there's more there than that to just say like, just because the deal got done, it was a failure. I, I think there was more leverage there. And again, I, I respect Cubs fans for feeling that way, and, and maybe there's something a little bit more emotional there. Obviously, there is something emotional for me because I really like these guys, and I want to see them be Cubs, and I think they and I think they can really help the team moving forward um, as like the elder statesman, uh, and really you know show what Cubs baseball is all about. But I I, I have a hard time calling it a straight up failure. That's just me. All right, thanks, Dean. Next time we got Joe Motto. Joe Motto.
6: Hey, can you hear me?
0: What's up, Joe?
6: Sorry, I have COVID right now, so I'm a little sick. But first off, Dom, you're the, you're the man for always, always being positive. Um, Thanks, Joe.
0: Appreciate
6: it. It's even been tough to watch some of these games just after the players hurt. But I think you're right where we had leverage this time, where last year was the hard part, right? Getting rid of Baez, Bryant, Rizzo. And I think everyone could say it was it sucked and we didn't want it to happen. But yeah. the returns we got were awesome. Like PCA is doing awesome. Canary is yeah. going up. Killian's doing really good. You know what I mean? So I it's it. like – so this year we had some leverage, I think, because our farm was deep before then. Then we got some guys who are a little older, some pitching coming up. This year we drafted a ton on pitching. Why not have Wilson and Ian have here? And, and like you said, like Ian, I get all the off-field stuff, but listen to him talk to Dan Bernstein – that dude wants to be in Chicago. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like he, he wants to be here. He wants to have, like, guys like Nico come up. He wants young guys like PCA, Brennan Davis next year who could have his back. And Wilson Contreras has been here since he's, what, 16 or 15 years old? Yeah. And been here for so – like who would you else would you rather have work with the pitchers? And plus with the designated hitter now, he can go to the side. And like you said, we have no we have no money. We don't know who's going to be free agents. Have a couple of guys who want to be here who know the history. And I just feel like Ian Happ brings a lot of – I know it's weird to say, but he gives me a lot of like John Lester vibes and like Schwarber kind of vibes sure. where he just wants to be here. And I think that's that's really good for young people. And I was going to bring up like Morrell just as like uh example of just like he said he talks to Wilson all the time. How much that means to him, like you can't put that value. And Wilson and Ian both want to be here, so it's not like it seems like it'd be like as tough a signing as as other players. But yeah, like honestly, like, I'm not negative. I'm not sad. I think I think Jed set a high price, rightly so. And if a team wanted to make a terrible trade, then then great. But I also think there's some of the Mets thing too, where teams are kind of scared to trade with Jed because. Look at what he got for those guys. Look at where their rating and the prospect rankings now compared to last year, sure. and guess. a lot higher. So I'm I'm more positive, and I think also too this this might ask force Chad's hand a little bit to play ball with Wilson because it really wouldn't be a good look to let Wilson go. If that does happen, it, it is what it is. But no, I'm happy Ian's here. I'm happy Wilson's here, and we need a couple players here before we can't and we can't count on we can't count on every player like like Bryant's. Schwarber, Soler. No, you can't. But you, you can't. Not every, not every one of these guys are going to hit. Look at Brendan Davis. He just had back surgery. Yeah. Marquez has been out now. You know what I mean? I don't know how long. Amaya's was supposed yeah. to go over Contreras. He's, you know what I mean. But no. So I'm, I'm, I'm just happy they stayed. I think Jed stuck to his guns now, and, and I hope he, he talks to Ian and he and he talks to Wilson, and maybe those could be a couple guys moving forward, along with maybe guys like Chris Morell and see who pops up and. Brandon Davis, hopefully, next year, and some of these pitchers that we got. Hopefully, they come along, but hopefully, yeah, this is well, part of it.
0: Joe, I have two things. Two two things to that. Number one, if anyone thinks Christopher Morale is going to play as well as he did this year without the leadership and guidance of Wilson Contreras, I think you're out of your mind. I think the fact that he's shown – Wilson has shown to put a, a true interest in his development and his time here – as a rookie, is invaluable. And the fact that, Chris again, I'm not saying it's the only reason why Christopher Morales is playing as well as he is, but it, it it clearly is making a difference. And number two, keeping two guys like Wilson Gutierrez and Ian Happ does not like limit your future of winning or being more success, successful in the future. Two guys do not do that. The Cubs did the trading last year. I'm not saying they couldn't do the tra- trading this year, but the sell-off was last year. That was that was at a different time. The Cubs had to make those moves. I understand the Cubs fans, myself included, that wanted to keep those guys that saw value in keeping those guys. But there had to be some type of change. There had to be some type of change. But keeping these two guys doesn't like again like uh, put the Cubs uh, in a terrible position financially from a uh, player perspective. Like that, that's not the case at all. It's two players that can be leaders. That can be elder statesmen for the team that are still productive, still at a you know relatively decent age. I mean, Ian Happ's twenty-seven years old, like a decent age to help that next team coming forward and be the leaders and support system for many of the young players that are going to be coming up. So again, I, I just have a really hard time saying that's a total failure. And for a news flash for all the people out there that act like I become the most negative, you know, Cubs fan, the Jed hater, Ricketts hater, like. No, like, I, I think Jed did a solid job. Jed, Jed did – Jed stayed true to what he wanted to do, and I can't blame him for that. If if the price was not there, the price wasn't there. I, I, I can't say otherwise. I'd be a hypocrite to say otherwise.
6: Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything. I, I appreciate it. Like I said, I hope this week, uh, Wilson and Ian staying here, and, and thanks for all the stuff. The content you put out, it's amazing. So I I'll, be, I'll be listening. It. Have a great week, and uh, I'll talk to you.
0: God bless you and your family.
6: Yeah, God bless you too. Thanks, Joe. Breaking news, Dom.
0: What Wilson has put the Cubs stuff back on his Instagram. I did see that. I did see that. You love to see it. I feel like I'm. I'm. I'm very grateful to be doing this right now, but I feel like I'm missing so much. But that's fine. You're with the people. You're with. I know who I'm you with need the to be people. With. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I will say though, we probably don't have that much time left. Because we'll I, really I, I really want to watch. I. really want to watch this jet thing. All right, we're gonna go to Ty. We're gonna go to Olive Garden. You're gonna take us out. All right, fine. Hey, Tom. You hear me?
10: What's up, Ty? All right, so I've just kind of been – brain's been scrambled for the last hour. But I was kind of thinking about this. We've heard so much, like, smoke on the Hosmer thing for so long. And, I mean, realistically, we think an extension for Wilson looks like what? Like five – 80s probably fair-ish right
0: lesser than real a little bit lesser than real mutual is what I've been told
10: okay so
0: five to 85 to
10: a hundred so you know 16 to 19 million a year and I'm kind of wondering if they sort of had like some of that money earmarked for Hosmer and then once that did come to pass they were just like I mean that's that's a lot of, you know, Wilson's theoretical extension. Yeah, now, I get it. That happen. But, like, as compared to last year, I mean, let's talk about extensions for Happ and Contreras. Like, realistically, a five-year deal for each of them is probably going to look less than similar to Javi, you think?
0: For Ian Happ? Or are you just saying in total? For the,
10: for the two combined. Let's um, say five years guaranteed Happ five 70 yeah I, way I, off?
0: I hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying probably probably less i don't want to speak for ian if he if he hears this he's probably gonna say i'm selling him short um but yeah probably probably
10: 570 and 595 i mean that's gonna look basically like kb's deal
0: yeah. No, I hear you. I, 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 hear what you're saying. I would have to, I would have to do the numbers and look into it a little bit more. I would actually say that's a little bit, a little bit too high for Ian. He'd probably get, he's definitely mad at me for saying that, but <laughs> I'd probably say it's a little too high. I mean, he's, he's been a solid player, but he's also shown that he can be, uh, he, he can be very streaky. He says it himself. And hopefully this is a year where he's proving that he can be a more consistent player, but you know, I I would say it's more five and sixty. I don't know, but I I understand what you're saying, Ty.
10: Yeah, both very affordable to keep and not hinder anything.
0: Yeah, not you're not breaking the bank. I mean, Wilson isn't getting 150 million dollars, and I I would argue that he's probably he he probably is less deserving than Real Muto. I don't think he's the same defender as Real Muto. He can be a good offensive player, but he can also be a really streaky offensive player. He's a solid big leaguer. And I think, again, this is kind of what we're, we're talking about for for most of this. Like, if the Cubs want to be good, you need a lot of solid big leaguers on your team. And eventually, you're going to need veterans on your team to help out these younger players. You need a whole lot of guys to win. You're going to need 30-plus dudes to try to compete and win an NL Central and hopefully get to a World Series again. Um, so, again, those two guys don't break the bank. And again, we haven't even talked about all the resources the Cubs have. And even if they were to bring on a Hosmer deal, like there's so much money available and we, we really don't, we really sell ourselves short here in thinking that the Cubs being anywhere close to the luxury tax is a big deal. It should not be for this team. It absolutely should not be for this team. When you look at the Mets, the Dodgers, the Yankees, I mean, these are big time markets and they're spending like such. And I just hope in the future Again, we're kind of, I know I talk about it a lot, but I think the expectation should be a lot higher to say all the revenue that's generated should be comparable to what the payroll is. And I know you feel the same way, Ty.
10: Oh, I definitely do. Well, one yes. last point. Um, if they do attach a qualifying offer to them, then they're kind of bidding on their own, right? I mean, they're the yeah. only or- who aren't battling against that.
0: No, I mean, I think if they do the qualifying offer, it's going to piss off a lot of people. It would definitely piss off Wilson Contreras. I feel like, man, I don't know that that would be, that would be a, a cutthroat move from Jed because it really does limit Wilson in terms of the teams that that want to, uh, you know, go on to, you know, negotiate with him for for a contract. I again. I, I don't necessarily see that happening. Maybe Jed is super cutthroat from that standpoint. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how it plays out. I could be totally wrong, but we'll see what happens.
10: Well, they should just get a, to the table tonight.
0: Just get to the goddamn table. Just, just have a just have an adult conversation with the guy for the first time in a while. Let's actually talk about what the guy wants. I mean, hell – he, Hell, his team and, and everyone are having to speak through a whole bunch of other people to try to, you know, communicate what they're expecting in terms of the pre-agency. It's, it's ridiculous. The fact that that Jed won't have a real discussion or hasn't had a real discussion with Wilson, even if he doesn't want to sign the guy, just have like a, a conversation and say, what's it going to take and say, all right, I don't know if we can do right, that right now. And like, just be a little bit more proactive from that sense. That's my opinion. I've been firm on that for a while, and hopefully that ends up playing itself out.
10: I agree. And they should be extending Nico soon, too. We'll see what happens. Thanks,
0: Ty. Thanks. Thanks, Ty. All right, Fred, time for you to head to the dinner table. Uh, We got a little new listeners in here. Let them know what it means to take them to Olive Garden and who you'd like to take out this week. Well, obviously, Olive Garden, one of the high class fine dining places in our country, and I would assume all across the world. Um, you know, I actually need to go myself. I haven't been since my five month old has been born. Um, yeah, it's it's just a way to show appreciation to players uh for what they've done over the years. Um I'm not gonna do Jen hoyer I know people aren't happy with Jed right now, some people are pissed at Jed right now. But I am gonna go with the guy that I brought in the past and hopefully we can talk to him soon on the podcast. Scott Efros, I know he's not a Cub anymore, but I, I just want to, again, reliever. her. Um, he's not going to make or break a franchise, but he went out and absolutely did everything he could for this organization and for this fan base. Deservingly so because of what you know the organization did for him, giving him a second chance to become, you know, uh, gave him a second life to his career, if you will. Uh, but he went out, took the ball every single day. Seemingly every single day, he led the, I think he leads the league in appearances um, and just pitched absolutely fantastic. And it seemed like he was getting better and better. I hope he does an uh, absolutely fantastic job with the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. I hate New York. Um, genuinely hate New York. But uh, hopefully he goes out there, enjoys himself, and wins a World Series. I, I'd be very happy to see that, that happen. And I just want to also say finally, I know I've said it before, he was the first guy to ever follow me. I would say six years ago, and he's been, you know, out there supporting all the way through. I'm not trying to sound biased, but it was awesome to see his development. Hopefully, we see him pitching in the World Series this year. Maybe, you know, closing out a game to, or you know, pitching in a big inning to, you know, help the Yankees close out a game. Even though I hate the Yankees, I'd love to see him succeed for the rest of the year and in the future. All right, to take us out. Um, it was a really dramatic day for the Cubs. It was but a dramatic day. It was really day. down bad, is the Cardinals. And if the 41 win Cubs can bash them in tonight, that would make it all the better. Yeah, wouldn't the it would be great. Uh, you know, Adam, I don't know if you remember. I think it was 2017 when the Cubs clinched the uh, NL Central division in late September with a literal double A roster when the Cubs were saving all their guys. And I think. Albert Almora uh, caught the home run over the wall. I would love to see that happen this week in St. Louis. That would be fantastic considering they were going after Juan Soto, which credit to them for trying to do that. Um, But, you know, obviously it didn't get done. Uh, Listen, this – whatever press conference that's happening in 13 minutes is going to be huge. I can't wait to watch what Jed says. Um, I know – I know people have heard me being critical of Jed and what he's done this year. It doesn't necessarily change my mind about the team, um, but I am proud of Jed for holding firm on, you know, a price for his guys, his two all-stars and I'm excited for what the Cubs can do in the future. I believe, you know, the Cubs have a really solid farm system. I don't think it's as good as it was, uh, you know, almost 10 years ago or eight years ago, but I think they have something there and hopefully the, the guys they got, as well today, uh, Ben Brown and others, uh, you know, can help improve that farm system. And, and we'll see what happens. I, I'm really looking forward to see what Jez ha- Jed has to say. I'd love to hear him say, yeah, we need to compete. You know, the goal is actually to win. We haven't done our job this year. This has actually been a really dis- a real disappointment, and we are not happy with where the team is, and we need to do a better job to actually win at the major league level. That would be awesome. It would be awesome for him to say, yeah, we really value Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ and think they can be guys that can help the next great Cubs team. That would be awesome. So we'll see. There Again, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but um, I'm looking forward to it, and thanks for everyone for being here. I know it's been hectic. I know I've been – I don't want to say cutting in and out, but I've been trying to find his uh, – as much information as I'm talking here on Twitter, as I'm scrolling like everyone else is. So we'll see what happens, but I appreciate all the takes If we didn't get to you. We're, we're doing this again next week and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Even if you totally disagree with what I'm saying, I'd love to hear uh, what your thoughts are and we can talk it out. Uh, But we'll see what Jed says. Hopefully the Cubs absolutely bash the Cardinals, that dumb organization. And uh, God bless you and your family. Thanks for all being here. We'll talk to you all next week. Biggest room in a while. Uh, so if you guys don't already, follow Fred, Director of Morale. Dom. Next week we'll be doing uh, Don's no trade list. Uh, teams that he would put in his contract, would not get traded for. Absolutely. And maybe an all-time um, trade deadline team. Maybe. We'll see maybe. how it plays out. All right. Thanks, everyone. God bless you and your family. Thanks, everyone. Cubs and God bless you and your family. See you right